Love can strike like lightning, suddenly and unpredictably, and seemingly with no regard for the rest of what is happening in your life. You may have just accepted a new job in a distant city and plan to move away right after you meet someone who appears to be the perfect match. Maybe it happens just when demands at work or school are ratcheting up and it seems that you need to decide between investing time and energy into a relationship with that person or into your pre-existing commitments. Imagine, now, that you meet this magic person right after a cancer diagnosis. That's what happened to Danny when he met Kara, the woman who would become his wife. Perhaps having your life turned upside down twice lands you back on your feet. Join us as we explore what can happen when love and disease collide head on. My name is Shreya Srikantaswamy, and this is Medicine Personalized. So I'm Danny Steenhook. I am the cancer survivor. I had testicular cancer, and this is Kara Steenhook now. Yes. What's cool is that? Recent wife of Danny Steenhook, cancer survivor. Uh, we started dating right when he was diagnosed with cancer. I was 29 years old, and I was, in a way, like probably the most physically healthy I had ever considered myself. As far as my life goes, it changed dramatically when I found out I was diagnosed with cancer. I had actually noticed an enlargement in my testicle and I didn't think too much of it because it wasn't bothering me, it didn't hinder any of my activities and it didn't hurt at all. And I talked to my roommates about it at the time and mentioned that it was weird. And then one day, probably three or four weeks later, it hadn't shrunk. If anything, it might have gotten a little larger. And my roommate asked his mom, you know, my roommate is seeing these symptoms. What do you think? And he's like, my mom said, you have to go in right away. So I went in on July 3rd and it basically felt like it was cancerous. So like, as soon as I found out I had it in a large testicle, I was like researching about it. And I looked at the statistics and statistics for men with this situation. It's very bright, and I'm a healthy young man, so I figured if, if there's any time to battle and fight, like right now is the perfect time for me, because I'm healthy. Despite the promising prognosis, Danny was still nervous about what was to come. It, it was all unknown and mysterious, though, at the same time. Like, even though you have all of these, like, statistics, you don't really know what's going to happen, and so that part is definitely scary. And also the the knowledge that you're gonna have to go through pain. Cancer patients and those who care for them know what Danny is talking about. Danny's doctors prescribed him the conventional chemo cocktail of etoposide, bleomycin, and cisplatin. Cisplatin has been referred to as the poster child of nausea and vomiting, and that's among chemotherapies. It changes your perception of taste, and in high doses can cause hearing loss. Etoposide also can do a number on your lower GI tract, if you know what I mean. Bleomycin can cause your mouth to get swollen and bleed, as if you didn't have enough reasons to avoid eating already. 
Furthermore, all of these severely suppress your bone marrow's ability to make blood cells, the cells that carry oxygen through your body and fight infections for you when you're sick. Sure, they can kill your tumor, but you often feel like you're dying in the process. You have this mass, and so you wonder, okay, did it, has it progressed as far as Lance Armstrong, where his was a stage four, or is it way early and it hasn't even spread? And so all these questions are going through my head, and you're kind of freaking out, but at the same time, you just have to accept it, and you have to understand that this is where you're at, and whatever, you know, whatever the next step is, you're going to face it with, with high hopes. The urologist doesn't set out the game plan for chemo, so he just kind of takes the the first approach, which is we have a big mass of cancer, let's get rid of this. And so he said that the best option is to do surgery and take out that testicle. We ended up going through the orchiectomy, which is the removal of the malignant testicle. They cut probably like four or five inches above the genitals off to the side. And so they basically put me out for that removed it. I came to, I was in pain, but they gave me some good medicine and I couldn't really do much physical activity, had a lot of stitches. So fast forward like six or seven days, I matched on mutual with Kara, my now wife. Danny had been using lots of dating apps, Tinder, Bumble, and Mutual, a dating app especially for Mormons to find potential dates. Just a few weeks before his diagnosis, he visited family in San Diego, where Kara, a San Diego native who attended college in Utah, happened to see him in church. I was sitting in church, she was sitting in church. We were actually in the same building in San Diego, and Kara saw me. I saw him across the room, and I just thought, wow, what a good looking man. But I didn't think that that we'd ever meet again because he had already left back to his home in Utah. So my thinking was, great, I'm never going to see him again. This was probably the week you got diagnosed. Yeah, I remember the testicle being large. And I was thinking, oh, this is weird. I should probably check this out, but I'm going to go to San Diego and not worry about it and have fun. At this time, Kara's friends had convinced her to try meeting people on dating apps. She was not interested, but her friends were persistent, and somewhat begrudgingly, she created a profile on Mutual. And wouldn't you know it, she found Danny again. She swiped right, and so did he. What was your tagline on Mutual? Want to go half seas on a baby with me? Yes. (laughs) It was a joke. (laughs) I didn't even make the Mutual for a serious cause, (laughs) but I saw him and I was thinking like, oh, this is my chance. (laughs) I have always been a very avid dater and I've done mutual Tinder Bumble. I've gone on tons and tons of dates, met, you know, tons and tons of girls. And so, you know, when I was diagnosed with cancer, uh, it was really one of the first times in my life where I kind of thought that putting dating on hold was like the most important thing. Now, remember, Danny was just about to begin chemotherapy. So understandably, he had some uneasy feelings about dating. 
Nonetheless, Danny decided to reach out to Kara on Mutual. We, we ended up going on a date like eight days after my surgery. We went on a hike actually. And I felt very winded and like weak. I, w I wasn't planning on telling her about the cancer treatment because I was thinking this would be just like kind of a fun date and then I'd focus on treatment. But the first date just felt so natural and I'm not surprised that he told me at the end because we kind of felt like we'd known each other for a long time and I wasn't freaked out by it at all. It was at the very end of the date we were going down the mountain and it was like very personal and I didn't want to just share it like it was no big deal or in passing or I didn't want it to sound boastful either and I just wanted her to know and so I shared the details I said I would be starting chemotherapy and he told me that he would lose all of his hair that he'd probably lose weight and and I said I'd probably feel super sick and mm -hmm. nauseous and I'd probably wouldn't want to do things for the next two or three months so I went back to California and just thought about him for the next month. He would call me, I would call him maybe once a week. Just kind of caught up a little bit. And we started planning the next time that we would see each other. Meanwhile, Danny began nine weeks of chemo. I, I switched from the urologist to Dr. Nichols who happens to be the same doctor that treated Lance Armstrong. And started the chemo, three rounds of three weeks. The first day was three drugs, bleomycin, etoposide, and cisplatin. And then the next two days were just cisplatin and etoposide. The first time the reality of it hit me, it was very uncomfortable. There was different sensations when the chemo drugs were in my veins. They gave me other drugs to mitigate some symptoms. They gave me steroids, which kind of made me feel a little crazy. Each round was had its own battles because different symptoms reared their heads at different times. Every day was like a new symptom that you had to deal with. I think the biggest effects for me were stomach-wise. I had a lot of acid reflux at night but I felt so sick and upset to my stomach and it was just overwhelming. You As craved a BLT one time like no other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like... <laughs> had cravings too. I focus on the cravings because that's what, like, that the hope of having something that actually tasted good was super important because everything started tasting bland and gross. Water started tasting really bizarre and I hated drinking water. It was just really tough, and so I immediately started losing weight. While Danny learned to cope with the physical side effects of the drugs, the weakness and dependence on others he experienced challenged his identity as a strong man who could do things on his own. He lost a lot of weight, and the infusions left him seriously fatigued. He had to change the way he thought about himself. I started having this mind shift of allowing people to serve me because I was in so much pain and the way I could release the pain was just allow people to serve me and I don't think I complained too much I kind of kept I think I kept to myself I'm sure yeah, I, I'm sure did. 
He didn't ever talk about I'm it. I'm sure I complained a little bit. I think it's important to let other people know how you feel so that they can better serve you. And that's one really important thing I learned with the doctors is if you don't let them know how you're feeling, they're not going to know how to treat the symptoms. Mm -hmm. So I just, I learned to accept help, which was really interesting because I'd always been a person who's very independent and do everything on my own. And in a way, I wonder if the effects of cancer and all the symptoms opened up my heart too to dating. I just, I, I think I felt more sensitive. Like I, I cried more, like I was crying because the symptoms just sucked so bad sometimes. Other times I'd walk into the infusion center and I'd see all the other people who were suffering, who were who looked way weaker than me, and it was just it was just really eye-opening to see how bad people have it. And it just made me realize how important life is and how precious it is and how how precious relationships are. I think it made getting to know Kara very genuine and I didn't have to put on the show like I'm some macho man or I can bench 5,000 pounds or whatever, whatever it might be that, you know, sometimes guys put in their head that they have to impress girls. Just be yourself and uh, enjoy each other. And while that was humbling, it was also liberating. Kara was getting to know Danny at one of his weakest points and still liked him. Throughout the chemo treatments, Danny and Kara continued to talk and go on dates. It, it was interesting because I felt so weak and so crappy, but I, I anticipated our dates together. I felt like this jolt of energy, especially like when I saw her and when I was with her. And it felt like all the symptoms kind of fluttered away. There was some times where he felt good and we would go out to a movie the third date was when I noticed that he was just like winded of even walking around. I didn't want to be the person that he goes to every day because we were so early in the relationship, but I did want to be that person that he had fun with and that he could just relax with. And I think the same thing for me, like, I really didn't want to get into a relationship because I was focused so much on getting better. But at the same time, like, I started developing really strong feelings for for you. So I remember this, like, transition happened. And we were on a date. You said, how do you see this? And I just wanted to determine the relationship because I... We hadn't kissed. We were, we were holding hands. And I wasn't eager about it. I just was curious what he thought of me because we never talked about it. And I was like kind of blown away that she like was defining the relationship because I, I thought I made it clear that I didn't want a relationship while I was going through cancer. And I thought about it some more and I'm like, no, I, I don't need to put that pressure on her. I don't need to put that pressure on me. As soon as Danny got home, he started to question his decision to not make it official with Kara. I actually called up one of my friends and we just talked about it. I'm like, I don't want her to date any other people. Like, I just realized that. Like, I told her in our DTR, or define the relationship, that I don't think it's smart that we get into a relationship while I'm going through chemo. And so I called up my friend, I told her all these feelings, and she's like, Danny, what is most important right now? 
I was like, I gotta get better. She's like, yes. It's like, how important is this girl? It's like, well, I've been on five dates with her, so I don't, you know, it, it hasn't been a huge, long relationship. She's like, exactly. If she really likes you, she's gonna put in a little bit more time. How much more do you have left? About three and a half weeks. Okay, then just wait and be patient and focus on your health. And I was like, you're right. And it put me at ease. And Kara kept coming around. It was okay. <laughs> like, I didn't have to, like, be all uptight. And and our relationship kept getting better. It wasn't like, it was like, that was the climax. It, it kept getting better. After finishing the chemo regimen, Danny returned to his physician to find out whether all of the treatments had worked. I was told by my doctor that it looked like I was cancer-free. Like, he basically said, I'll see you in three months and we'll check up on you then. Enjoy getting back to normal. I I went out of the hospital, I raised my hands, like, a hallelujah. It was so nice. It was such a good feeling. And immediately, I think Kara was the first person I told. You left me a voicemail. Yeah, I left her a voicemail. Because I basically wanted her to know that we're going to start dating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kara and Danny decided to make it official on their next date. And Kara shared a surprise she had been planning for Danny while he was finishing treatment, a kayaking trip in San Diego. I remember being out in the harbor of San Diego in a kayak with you and not wanting to be anywhere else. And that's where I fell in love with him. And that's just how my love for him grew is watching him be so service oriented towards me and loving towards me and not wanting that to end. With a lot of other girls I've dated, maybe the first or second or third date, I have these doubts, these thoughts that come in my head is she's a really great girl, but I just don't see it. I don't think I can marry her. And literally on our first date, like the thought popped in my head, I could marry this girl. And I don't want to say it because of the cancer, it's worked. Because yeah. I'd like to think it would have worked without the cancer. Mm-hmm. Just five months after starting to date, and a few months after finishing chemo, Danny started planning a marriage proposal for Kara, complete with a slideshow and original rap. So we had never talked about marriage explicitly or blatantly, but I had asked her every question, everything I wanted to know about her. We had been through a lot of experiences and going through cancer was eye-opening enough to see what type of person she is. That for me, I didn't need to know anymore. I've dated for 10 years and I know like an incredible person and woman when I when I find them. I was completely shocked. We were, it was his birthday. <laughs> and we had planned the day to celebrate Danny. So we went to Torrey Pines and I was really nervous because there was a ton of people there. I had prepared like this poem slash slideshow that the poem went along with the pictures. And we get up to the top and I'm, I am nervous. I am so nervous because we haven't talked about it. Like, I, this is out of the blue. Will she say yes? Does she even know what's coming? And we get up to this lookout point and there's a bench. So we sit down on the bench. It's probably 30, 45 minutes till sunset. 
and we're just enjoying the view. And then Kara's like, do you want to meditate? And we start this meditation. <laughs> and during the meditation, the guy who's leading you says, okay, now breathe in, breathe out. I want you to do this 10 times and count 10 breaths. And I like, my mind was everywhere. I had no idea what breath I was on. They said, let your mind wander and wherever it's gonna go, just let it, let it take you there. And I was like, well, we know where mine's going. <laughs> but I thought it was super funny because after the meditation, Kara's like, so what were you thinking about when your mind was wandering? And I was like, oh, a lot of things. <laughs> and you and you told me like what you were thinking about. And then you repeated it. You're like, so what were you thinking about? It's like, she's on to me. I was so on to him. So I, I busted out the poem and the slideshow and I started sharing with her. And when I started sharing with her, my dad texts me. He's like, is it official yet? And I'm like, try to keep it cool. Like I'm looking, I'm, my eyes are rolling. I'm so annoyed. But I nonchalantly, I'm like, huh. And I flip up the text, you know? Like, whatever. Let's continue. Haha, one, two, three, switch. Built the mansion, we rich in love and creativity. Just like this, we dip, we dance, we slide, even prancer size. Two cookies with ice cream inside. You sure know how to live it up. You're cuter than a pup with a hiccup. How'd I get so lucky? I don't even know. Shotgun shooting, how you doing? Sharpshooter with a gun, nice booty. Uh, in the poem, it says nothing about proposal. So after that, I kind of just told you how I felt. And I got down on one knee, busted out the little ring box, and asked you to marry me. And I said yes. <laughs> I don't want to say I'm grateful for the, the pain and the suffering and everything that went down, but um, at the same time, like, my life is different and it's better, um, a lot better. Danny and Kara were married on April 28, 2018. When we asked them if they fear the cancer coming back, they admitted that, sure, of course they do. But they've been through that before, and that was the experience that brought them together. Rather than worry and speculate about what might happen in the future, they have chosen to take each day as it comes. And it's interesting because I have these two ways to look at things. I have pre-cancer, post-cancer. I also now have pre-marriage, post-marriage, and they're almost like one and the same. And uh, I would say being on the back end of both for me is much better. I wouldn't trade what I've had to go through for anything. This episode was written by John Peterson and Elaine Taylor, produced by Elaine Taylor, and narrated by Shreya Srikantaswamy. Music by The Polish Ambassador, Roger Plexico, and Loyalty Freak Music.